This podcast about to launch is brought to you by Balance Integrative Health, a medical clinic where traditional and alternative medical practitioners work together to treat the whole you. Insurance accepted. Go to bihnola.com, write out to lunch in the coupon code, and get 20% off your first visit to Balance Integrative Health. Major support for Out to Lunch on WWNO provided by the law firm of Jones Walker, established in 1937, now with more than 375 attorneys in offices throughout the U.S., providing a comprehensive range of services to a local, national, and international client base. Online at joneswalker.com. Additional support comes from Fidelity Bank, Resource Management LLC, Luba Workers Comp, and 30 North Investments. From Commander's Palace Restaurant in the Garden District in New Orleans, we're out to lunch with Peter Raschuti. Peter Raschuti is Tulane University's A.B. Freeman School of Business professor and economist. It's business, New Orleans style. Hi, I'm Peter Raschuti. Welcome to Out to Lunch. Green used to be just a color. Now it's a way of life. Everything from household trash to billion-dollar industrial plants can be green, meaning we undertake an activity mindful of the impact we're having on the environment. We use the word green because it's the most ubiquitous color in nature. In cities, we've coined the term for urban nature, green space. In New Orleans, we have one of the oldest and biggest green spaces in the country. It's home to an 800-year-old oak tree, a carousel, a sculpture garden, a farm, festival grounds, and much more. You'd think we'd come up with a grander name for such a grand domain, but we simply call it City Park. John Hopper is the Chief Development Officer and Public Affairs Director of City Park. John, welcome out to lunch. Good, good afternoon. It's great to be here. Glad to have you. One of the earliest elements of the green movement was recycling, which is typically plastic, paper, and glass. In New Orleans, we also recycle houses and paint. Uh, at the Green Project, you can get paint that was otherwise headed for the dump and almost any piece of building material salvaged from demolished to renovated houses. The director of development at the Green Project is Crystal White. Crystal, welcome to Out to Lunch. Thank you for having me. Well, it's good to have both of you here. Crystal, the Green Project is one of those businesses that has everything going for it. You're helping the environment, you're giving customers great deals, and you've got a business model that's the envy of Main Street. You get people to give you stuff, and then you turn around and sell it. That's, <laughs> I've always wanted to have a business like that. On a purely business level, if I'm a contractor or a homeowner, and I'm replacing doors or windows, why do I want to give them to you when I could sell them to one of the well-known salvage businesses in New Orleans? Well, uh, that's an interesting question. Uh, well, you obviously would get a tax deduction if okay, you gave them to true. us. Um, many people also um, don't really have the time or the energy to go out and look for a buyer for that product, but they, what they will do is they'll call us and we can come and pick it up. So we save them a lot of time, a lot of headache in searching out that, uh, that other entity. And, uh, and then we reward them by giving them a tax write-off at the end of the year. And so you, you must value the pieces as they're coming in to do a tax write-off, right? We do not appraise any pieces. Um, we, what we do... That's even better. You can write in your own value. <laughs> <laughs> we do not. I we love do not your business. <laughs> <laughs> but what we will do is look at what a typical uh, piece uh, of that same condition and uh, same make is um, going for. And then we will we will price ours at about 20% of what it is being sold on the retail market. So we sell it at a, an incredible discount, and most of the materials that we get aren't really even in production any longer. So 
So, it, and it could be a commercial uh, customer or just somebody individual renovating their home, right? I mean, it's, exactly. And uh, so you're you're in a home that's built in 1900, and you're looking for maybe that missing doorknob or something like that. Right. You would be the person. We would be one of them, yes, and we would be one of the oldest um, green uh, organizations in the city providing that product. There are several other salvage operations. We are the only one that 21 years later uh, still have that green mission. So we're aligned with keeping materials out of the waste stream. Um, We started as a paint recycling facility because our founder saw that people were dumping paint down the storm drains. Which is really bad. Absolutely. Um, It causes uh, environmental havoc on scales you wouldn't even imagine. But um, she started the green project with that in mind and then it, it morphed into the building materials side of it as well. So we are still the only place in the Gulf South region where you can bring your paint to be recycled. And um, like I said, the oldest environmentally focused and driven organization where you can come for your salvage pieces. And uh, I know you had uh, Phyllis Jordan of PJ's Coffee over there for a while. What we was sure she, did. What was her capacity? She was, she was our executive director. Ah. She was with us for a few years, yes. Very good, very yes. good. <laughs> now, John, until Hurricane Katrina, most of us took City Park for granted. Uh, then when there was nobody here to look after the park, we learned what a huge task it was to maintain it. Uh, people showed up with their own lawnmowers and without intending to, we, we invented green space crowdsourcing, which was very cool. Now the park is back on its feet and we've all gone to, you know, going back to mowing our own lawns. But City Park's annual budget is $15 million. And I believe uh, only about $2 million of that comes from the state. And the current climate, that that may be uncertain too, Uh, where does the bulk of City Park's operating budget come from? Well, you're right. We raise 85% of our operating budget, which means that uh, we leave no stone left unturned. Uh, So we we are aggressive with fundraising, grants. Uh, We receive, as as you said, some support from the state. And then also you'll see when you come to the park, there's fences around certain places like miniature golf, the amusement park, et cetera. And that is both for safety reasons and also because it costs to go there. So we, we have to raise, unlike almost any major urban park in the country that typically receive 20 to 70% of their operating revenue through sales tax, property tax, something, for whatever reason, in New Orleans, the city of New Orleans, we receive zero dollars for operations. So we have to be very aggressive, and that's, you know, celebration in the Oaks. People love it, but it also generates a lot of revenue for us. Let me ask both of you, because you both, uh, I, assume that, um, I assume that you do some fundraising as well, right? Yes, we do, and just like City Park, we receive no city or state funding as, um, for what we're doing, and we are doing a, a, a service for the city every single day by sure. collecting that paint and keeping nearly 40,000 gallons of paint from the wetlands each year. What do you do for fundraisers, though? I mean, you, you're both kind of in that end of the business. It, everybody's competing for that dollar, you know, whether it's uh, the, Muse- the Museum of Art or, or such. What, what do you do? How do you stand out? We have an annual fundraiser that is now in its eighth year, and it's called Salvations. It's a furniture design competition where all of the furniture is made from 95 or higher per, uh, percent um, recycled, reclaimed, reimagined, repurposed materials. And uh, we host that once a year in the fall, and that is our, that's our main fundraiser. But we obviously get sales through the store, um, and we also do other smaller things throughout the year. And we, we do try to stand out a little bit, but Salvations is, is probably the, the jewel in, 
in the Crown. And both of you utilize volunteers a lot, right? Absolutely. We, we have used, and particularly since the hurricane, tens of thousands of volunteers. And quite frankly, I, I could take you on a tour of the park and point here and here and here, and all those places look as good as they do or because of the sweat equity of volunteers. You know, we, we have done a lot. We've raised some $122 million in the last nine years, and people can see the progress, but uh, we certainly could, couldn't do it without the support of volunteers. And we, we ask everyone for money. If I see a, a couple out there <laughs> and they're with their kid and they're feeding the ducks, I go up and say, it looks like you're having a good time. Why don't you give me 20 bucks? You know, we're, we're not quite that aggressive, I've but almost. People, yes. I, I might be that aggressive. I've heard old people say, oh, my God, it's Mr. Hopper. Let's move. There's yeah, a, they, uh... When my name shows up on their phone, you know, they're not there. <laughs> and, you know, there's so much new in, in the park. I mean, I think of... Um, uh, morning call and then the the putt-putt which is my only kind of golf that I'm really good at and uh, and uh, the tennis facilities but you've got other plans I, I spoke to a woman the other day about uh, the Children's Museum I guess is planning to go out there we have space reserved for the Children's Museum they're like like, like us they're raising money and but they're well along their way and you know hopefully in the next few years you'll see a new Children's Museum at City Park and that way, the kids will be able to come both to the museum, but then enjoy the expanse of the park. Wow, and I, I know they're still raising money, but the plans look beautiful. It is going to be wonderful. And what else did I hear? Do you, you have, have you got a water park coming up? They, we have received funding from the state to build a splash park. I mean, we do live in New Orleans. It gets hot. <laughs> uh, the state has not yet released the money, but as soon as they do, all the plans are done, all the drawings are there and we're ready to put it in. So we, we, we do that, and then we also we have about 12, 14 acres that we have devoted just to disc golf. You know, we don't, oh, make, a, we don't make a penny off of it, but if you go out there pretty much 24-7 almost, even though the park isn't open 24-7, <laughs> you'll see guys out there playing disc golf. So they love it, and it's a great way to recreate. It's one of the only sports you can play while drinking a beer, which is pretty Sometimes terrific. Sometimes I think it's a requirement. <laughs> um, what does the Green Project do with its revenue? I'm trying to picture. I know you've got a great business model and you, you're very uh, successful in the, that project in the fall, but where does the money, when it comes back in, where does it go? We do a lot of environmental education programs, um, and, and our thought is that we sort of build from the ground up. We get out there and into schools and neighborhood associations and um, churches and other organizations, and we instill in people a... a a love for recycling, a desire to reuse materials rather than ha have everything be a cast-off and disposable society. And by putting the money into the environmental um, education, we hope that we are growing the next generation of those recyclers and those uh, greener New Orleanians. I, I guess I could ask you both, but I'll start with John. Why, do you, why does City Park receive no city funding? Is it just the city doesn't have any money? The city's got to recognize how important you are. It, it, it's historical, I think, and, and not pointing any fingers because I think if you... We're 160-plus years old, but hopefully at, at some point in time all the stars will align and it might be on a ballot and you'll go to the, the polls and say, yes, I live in New Orleans, this is a great park, it's a great asset, and I'm willing to pay some money to, to support it. You know, that hasn't happened in the last 160 years, but hope springs eternal. <laughs> you know, I, when I get folks like you on the show, I, one of the things I want to ask is, are you, um, 
do you, do you collaborate or do you view yourself as competitors? Is a dollar that goes to City Park not a dollar that's going to the Green Project? Or do you combine ideas? I try to collaborate as much as possible. I think, yes, in, in a way we are all competing, and but I think that there's also just, there's a lot of room for collaboration, and I think that just because someone gives to City Park doesn't mean they won't also give to us. So I think that once someone is already um, interested in philanthropy and they are trying to uh, nurture and grow those organizations locally, it's, it's less about competition and more about what can we do to create the air of collaboration and just a, a more well-rounded city and what we're offering City Park doesn't recycle paint. We obviously don't have green space where people can come and hang out and enjoy. So anytime that we could collaborate, we would definitely look forward to something like that. Since she is much more eloquent than I am. Really? So I, I say did, but you did know what golf. she said. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I was going to ask you about your... Um, both your organizations, are you part of any sort of national association? Like, John, is there like a... Um, Oh, I don't know, Oliver Wendell Holmes uh, <laughs> Society for Public Parks or something like that? There, there's the NRPA, the National Recreation and Parks Association. There, there's any number of associations that, that we're members with, and, you know, you, you, you learn the best practices from other parks. And, you know, one of the things since we're, we're talking about green, and I don't always like to revert back to Katrina, but it was such a telling moment for the park. And our, our message to, to the public has been we're not repairing a park that was you know, devastated by a hurricane. We are building a world-class park. And so just one example that I think people can really get their arms around, we lost about 2,000 trees in the storm. And since that time, we've planted 6,000. So, you know, everything we do, we try and do it better. And so we, we've now built, which is what is arguably the, the best tennis complex in the it's state of great. Louisiana. You know, so we, we're, we're saying, if we're going to do something, let's do it right. And I think in the past, a lot of times, people just accepted whatever the park put forward. And quite frankly, had no idea what an exceptional asset a great park can be. And I think, hopefully, we are delivering it to the folks. And uh, we, our, our greatest joy is to see people coming and using the park and recreating. And if we want to be green, we love it when they show up on bicycles <laughs> or on the streetcar. And what about things like, do you get money like, like Voodoo is over there, for instance. Do they pay you for the use of the facilities? That Voodoo most definitely pays us. And uh, we also have a TIF. And so taxes that say Voodoo uh, receives from sales of T-shirts or whatever, we receive a portion of that funding also. Wow. We're going to uh, take a look at the inbox now. That's when our producer picks a question that's come in from a listener over the past week. Uh, Grant, what have you got? Uh, Peter, we have a question for each of our guests. Crystal, this one came for you from Michelle Marie Jones on Facebook, and she says, I have used your awesome paints on many outside projects as I have renovated my house. I'm about to paint the interior of my house. I'm wondering if I should have any concerns about using the blended recycled paint on the interior given the different and potentially unknown paint types? Well, we do um, only use uh, recent paints, so I don't think that that's going to be an issue, um, and it shouldn't be cause for concern. It's actually a very high-quality paint. It's uh, similar to an eggshell, um, so it's going to be a very durable paint, and I think she would probably enjoy using it inside, I think, especially at the uh, 
reduced price than she's going to get it for. Um, you won't be able to find paint uh, at our quality, uh, at our price anywhere else. So I would definitely say go for it. Use it inside. Harper, here's a question <coughs> to you from Ed Tiller. The pilot came in on Twitter. Will non-golfers be cut off from the beautiful bayous by the new golf courses at City Park? Well, if you go out to the park today, you'll, you'll see the construction fence for our new championship-level golf course. And I want to assure everyone that's a temporary construction fence for safety purposes. Once that fence, or once the golf course is done in about two years, the fence will go down and you'll be able to see the, the beautiful golf course. And adjacent to that area is Couturier Forest and Scout Island. That's about 60 acres of natural area. It's, it's my favorite part of the park. And also the area south of Harrison to the railroad tracks that used to be part of a golf course and is no longer. So the public can go there and recreate. And one, one more thing, we, we've listened to the public. And 10 years ago they said, hey, even if we like golf, there's too much golf out there. And so when you come in the park, the big lake area and the festival grounds that are open to the public most every day of the year, that used to be a golf course. So we, we've shrunk golf by about 15% of the overall footprint of the park. But it all goes back also to the fact that you know, we have to raise money. We don't receive money from the city. We have to raise revenue somehow. And until I show up at the park and money is growing on trees, we're going to have to generate revenue. That'd be so great because you have so many trees. We do. <laughs> now, Crystal John, I want to take a minute to introduce you to Greg Harris. So we met Greg through 52 businesses who specialize in uncovering entrepreneurs in the very, very early stages of development. And Greg's entrepreneurial idea is called Miyu Soup. I'm going to give Greg one minute to tell you about it, and then I'm going to give you a chance to ask Greg one question, a, a question you think he'll need to be able to answer in order to move his business forward. So Greg, it's good to have you. Give us your one minute pitch. Thank you, pleasure to be here. Well, Miyusu is an online platform that allows users to exchange free time for money or money for free time. On one hand, you have people with needs that need to be done, but no time to do them. The solution, post a task, find a runner, and relax while the task is completed. On the other hand, you have people who have free time that could be turned into income. To those, we simply say, find a task, successfully complete it, and receive the income. It's that easy. Miyusu is a New Orleans-based business that connects people who need help with everyday tasks to people that are ready and willing to complete these tasks. Miyusu is the first of its kind in the Gulf Coast area. Miyusu helps bring back that strong sense of community and old-fashioned neighborliness. We truly believe in the power of the people. Miyusu fills in the cracks. It's a platform that allows you to utilize the resources of your neighborhood by providing income opportunities directly to those in most need of them. By using Miyusu, you are allowing your community to complete tasks for you while keeping your money in your community. Keep it local. Use Miyusu. Me, us, you. All right. The question would be, how do I, if I'm hiring somebody to do something, how, how do I know that if that person is safe if they're coming to my house to, to paint the outside of my house? Great question. I want to feel safe. Great question. One thing that we're tying in is a mandatory Facebook um, sign-in profile. The, one, the reason that we're adding that entry, uh, barrier of entry is because that actually gives us the first area to help legitimize the actual participant. So you're able to backtrack and log them and see exactly who they are. You, and then you can actually see if that person um, has done other work that is actually 
um, that is actually beneficial to what they're trying to do for you right now. Now, Crystal, what are you, what are you thinking? Well, I think it's a great idea. My, my question kind of jumps off of Mr. Hopper's question, and that is, um, what about accountability? Let's say somebody does come and they do a really poor job. Where exactly does the accountability lie? Do I deal directly with them or am I dealing with you? Now, that is where we do put the onus on the actual that is posting the task. We provide you with enough options and um, flexibility to accurately choose the correct person for your needs. So we allow you to do the due diligence. If you're at work, you may not really care who comes to deliver a pizza, but if you need someone to come be at your fence, we give you more than enough tools to do that. Now, that the money is also not paid until the transaction has been completed. So that person has to complete the job successfully to your standards. Now, then you also are allowed to add a tip on top of it. So if someone um, says they'll do the job for, for 35 bucks and you feel that they deserve 45, you are allowed to do that option as well. But when people bid on the job, they're bidding saying that this is what I'm willing to do. Now look at me and see if you're willing to pay me to do this job. Do you trust me? Greg, thanks so much for coming by today. I appreciate it. I appreciate it. It was my pleasure. Thank you so Great. much. Great. We look forward to following your progress with Miyusu. Thank you, thank you so terrific. much. Terrific. We're going to stick around a little bit longer after the show and talk more about Miyusu, and uh, you'll be able to hear the rest of that conversation with Greg Harris on our website, itsneworleans.com. Uh, Crystal White, John Hopper, no matter what we do or where we live in New Orleans, we all love City Park, and we all want to preserve the traditional architecture that's made this city so distinctive. Thanks to both of you uh, for all you're doing to keep up those two vital elements of our city, and thanks again for taking the time to come on join me and out to lunch. Thank you. Thank you so much. Great. Thank you, and the food's delicious. <laughs> well, I've been cooking all morning. It's going to be great. They, uh, uh, my guests and out to lunch today have been Crystal White, Director of Development of the Green Project, and John Hopper, uh, Chief Development Officer at City Park. You can find out more about Crystal's and John's respective green spaces by following the links on our websites, www.no.org and itsneworleans.com. The show is recorded live over lunch at Commander's Palace in New Orleans. Commander's Palace serves lunch Monday through Friday, jazz brunch on Saturday and Sunday with live music and dinner seven nights a week. The producer of our show is Grant Morris. Our technical producer is Eric Merle. The well-read Jennifer Smith is our researcher. Mitch Foreman wrote and performs all the music on Out to Lunch. You can get the show as a podcast. You can listen to past shows. You can keep up with us on all kinds of social media by going to our websites, itsneworleans.com and wwno.org. Support for Out to Lunch comes from Baton Rouge-based PreSonus Audio Electronics. Out to Lunch is a production of INO Broadcasting and WWNO for itsneworleans.com and WWNO 89.9 FM. I'm Peter Raschuti. Thanks for joining me. I look forward to meeting you again next week around the table here at Commander's Palace for more business New Orleans style on Out to Lunch. Major support for Out to Lunch on WWNO provided by the law firm of Jones Walker, established in 1937, now with more than 375 attorneys in offices throughout the U.S., providing a comprehensive range of services to a local, national, and international client base. Online at joneswalker.com. Additional support comes from Fidelity Bank, Resource Management, LLC, Luba Workers Comp, and 30 North Investments.